0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Thursday, November 9th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Congresswoman Cori Bush has long been an advocate for the Palestinian cause, a position that elicits passionate backing and backlash in her district.
1: I am not going to sugarcoat anything because the people of St. Louis did not send me to Congress to, to, to uh, pacify people and to make people feel comfortable.
0: Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports on how Bush's constituents are reacting to her criticism of Israel's military action. The Missouri Supreme Court is again considering Medicaid funding for Planned Parenthood. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, the state is appealing a lower court ruling saying it must pay the organization for treating Medicaid patients.
1: The hearing comes three years after the Missouri Supreme Court ruled 6-1 to one, the state legislature must pay Planned Parenthood for treating Medicaid patients. Now the issue is again before the state's highest court. The state legislature in 2022 allocated nothing in Medicaid reimbursements for organizations like Planned Parenthood, which perform abortions in other states. In Missouri, Planned Parenthood provides services like STD and cancer screenings, as well as providing contraceptives. Emily Wales, president and CEO of Planned Parenthood Great Plains, said patients deserve to get care from the provider they choose.
0: To be clear, they want us providing services. They need us in the Medicaid program. They need us to see Missourians because we don't have enough providers in this state. Uh, They just don't want to pay for it. The
1: court did not indicate when it would rule. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: The Missouri House Ethics Committee will likely hold more hearings on Speaker Dean Plocker. Chair Hannah Kelly made the comment after meeting behind closed doors yesterday for more than two hours. The Missouri Independent reports Plocker is the focus of an inquiry into personnel matters and an allegation of unethical conduct. He submitted reimbursement requests for expenses already covered by his campaign. The lieutenant governor candidate says he's paying back the money. Illinois lawmakers are putting the finishing touches on some bills with only one full day left in the fall veto session. The House could take up a measure today allowing new construction of small nuclear reactors. The Senate approved the proposal this week. Senator Patrick Joyce says it's time for the state to move forward. As technology changes, we need to make sure that we change with it. This is a good step. There's a lot of new manufacturing that we're trying to push in the state of Illinois. They have to get that power from a reliable source. Also, the Senate has yet to take up a bill allowing legislative staff to unionize. It's already made it through the Illinois House and could return next year if the Senate fails to act this week. Fontman University in St. Louis is mulling program cuts to address financial problems and lower enrollment. The Post-Dispatch reports officials might eliminate more than 20 degree programs nearly 20 faculty members could lose their jobs. Fontbonne has a roughly $5 million shortfall after revenue dropped by almost $15 million in the last decade. The university also says enrollment dropped 60 percent in that time. The school currently has about 875 students. Fontbonne tells the newspaper it's addressing, quote, shifting economic and financial circumstances like many other universities. A program at Washington University aims to help scientists and students use artificial intelligence to tackle the effects of climate change on communities. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, it involves environmental, engineering, social sciences and computer science students.
1: The AI Access Program aims to use technology to better understand how climate change affects communities and public health. The university aims to recruit 49 students from different disciplines. William Yeo is a WashU professor and director of the AI Access Program. He says AI can be used in various ways, including helping scientists create better climate models. AI could help to speed up computer simulations of the climate models to make them more accurate, uh, to make them more real-time. It could be used to improve predictions. The program is funded by a five-year, three-million dollar grant from the National Science Foundation. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: A popular reading program founded by country music icon Dolly Parton is now available throughout Missouri. St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson reports. Missouri is the 14th state to launch a statewide Dolly Parton's Imagination Library program. Kids 5 and under will be mailed a free book each month until their fifth birthday. The goal is to foster a love of reading at an early age and improve literacy. Jimmy Dolan enrolled his now four-and-a-half-year-old son in the program before the statewide expansion more than a year ago. His son is always looking forward to getting his monthly book. Dolan says the program has already made a difference. His teacher is saying, oh, you know, we're heading into
1: Kindergarten next year, like he might already be ready to start working on like sight words or some like different spelling patterns.
0: Missouri is the first state to fully fund the program for all children to participate. I'm Marissa Ann Lewis Thompson, St. Louis Public Radio. Congresswoman Cory Bush is one of the biggest congressional critics of Israel's military response to Hamas's deadly attack. A St. Louis County Democrat is an advocate for the Palestinian cause, a position that elicits passionate backing and backlash. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum explores how Bush's constituents are reacting to her policy stance.
1: Bush is part of a group of Democratic members of Congress who traditionally have been critical of Israel's treatment of Palestinians. And her views on the issue have come into sharper scrutiny after Hamas's October 7th attack prompted Israel to embark on a bombing and ground campaign in Gaza that has killed thousands of civilians. Bush is one of the leading voices for a ceasefire, sponsoring a resolution she says is popular with the public and world leaders. And she criticized Israel for what she sees as human rights abuses, tweeting out recently that she won't be silent about the country's, quote, ethnic cleansing campaign. In an interview, Bush says it's not her job as a congresswoman to be silent when she sees injustice around the world. I am not going to sugarcoat anything because the people of St. Louis did not send me to Congress to, to, to uh, pacify people and to make people feel comfortable. They sent me to, to D.C. to make sure that I'm speaking for those who are marginalized. Bush's statements about the month-long conflict have sparked passionate dissension in Missouri's first congressional district. The St. Louis-based district also includes a number of Jewish voters, including St. Louis resident Isaac Pollack. Pollack says he supports many of Bush's policy positions, but is deeply upset with her statements about Israel. It makes you worried about where is my ally when I've tried to be a, 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 a participant in the struggle in our city. Bush's comments prompted a group of Jewish leaders to issue a statement accusing Bush of, quote, fanning the flames of anti-Semitism. Bush says she's committed to fighting prejudice and adds she'll continue to talk with her Jewish constituents, even ones that don't agree with her. But University City resident Mark Jacob says Bush's recent statements about Israel have crossed a line. I am confident that with a quality challenger who shares many of Cory Bush's views on progressive issues, that the distinguishing factor will be Who is morally upstanding and who is not? That challenge to Bush in the Democratic primary came about last week from St. Louis County Prosecutor Wesley Bell. Bell dropped out of the U.S. Senate race and instead is running against Bush. He says Bush's views on Israel played a role in his decision. Innocent people, um, young, old, um, and and everyone in between, unspeakable horrors
0: and We are not expecting Israel to be able to defend itself.
1: Bell also says Bush's calls for a ceasefire are misguided, but some in the First District support her criticism of Israel. Bush supporter Montego Simmons says Democrats who are going after Bush and her congressional allies are out of step with public opinion.
0: And even though some of the people that are targeting them think of themselves as mainstream, um, they're very much to the right of where a lot of folks are living. And moments like this allow them to not only shine a light, but lean in on anxieties and fears.
1: Others are unhappy with Bell, who, like Bush, was seen as one of the biggest political success stories from the protest movement over the police killing of Michael Brown. And Palestinian-Americans like Naveen Ayesh are upset that Bell is citing Bush's views on Israel as a reason for running. And it makes me angry that, you know, someone like Prosecutor, Uh, Wesley Bell uh, would decide to jump into this race knowing that she's a champion on human rights, not just for Palestinians, but any humans. I mean, when does a Congresswoman not speak out for any oppressed person? Whether Bell can beat Bush next August could depend on whether her statements about Israel erode support from the racially diverse coalition that elected her to office. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report before wrapping up. St. Louis's Major League Soccer team is looking to build on its record-setting first season despite being swept out of the playoffs. City SC held its end-of-season media conference yesterday. Sporting director Lutz Fannenshiel says focusing on an expansion team record 17 wins instead of dwelling on the playoff loss to Kansas City will help prepare for next season. The way we played the results, uh, the records we set, that must be in the front part of our brain, and uh, obviously also realize for next year, it won't be a children's party. It will be even tougher than this year. This year's success means City SC will begin play early next year in a tournament with some of the best teams in Central America, North America, and the Caribbean. Head coach Bradley Carnell admits the playoff loss still hurts, but says the team has added to St. Louis's rich soccer tradition. We are not trendsetters. This is a city that inspire us uh, to perform or outperform or overperform because of the legacies that were left here in place way before our time. And City SC has made an impact on fans and in the community, as player Tim Parker realized when he was out shopping recently. Even yesterday, I went to the grocery store and someone kind of just congratulated me on the year and thanked me for it. It's hard to take that right now, but at the same time, you're thankful for all the support that everyone's been able to give us. When you look at all the home games that we had, every game a sellout makes it an exciting place to play, not only for us, but for other teams too. Parker admits City SC had high hopes going into the playoffs, but says there is a lot to be thankful for when looking back on the entire season. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt.